Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. I got a special warning for you coming up in today's Clark Rageous Moment. Hotels have become the big place for people to get your personal information. I'm going to tell you what you need to know to protect yourself. And coming up yet later, I have new information for you about getting the lowest price on prescription drugs. I'll give you the data you need to know to save you money. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day on stuff you buy. Just that stuff that's cool that's on sale or things you really got to have how to get the best price. So I want to talk about something that is a call that I've had more times than I could count over my career on the air, which goes back now 34. Four years, I guess. I'm in my 34th year doing my show. And I've had so many people who uh, get a job transfer, lose a job, meet somebody and they want to move somewhere else or whatever, and they're in an apartment lease. And they want to know, what do they do? How do they get out of it? And I had a funny thing happen. A, A politician came up to me and he said, When I was young and starving, I called you once about an apartment lease, and I was having to move to another city, and you told me that I just had to pay the money. And he said, I appreciated that you told me that I just had to pay it. And I said, why did I tell you you just had to pay it? You said that your credit would be ruined if I didn't pay it, and that's right. And it is a terrible thing that the apartment will chase after you because the lease says you signed up for that period of time and very few leases have any kind of out. Well, there are so many people, particularly when you're younger, who circumstances can change and you know your job situation may change or your personal life, your love life may change and you want to go somewhere else, but there you are stuck in the lease. So now there's a company called Landing that was designed around the lifestyle of people in their 20s and 30s. And Landing has memberships for where you live that you basically rent an apartment that is in the system that Landing has, and you are allowed at any point to move to any other property in the Landing system on three days' notice. No penalties, nothing. That it allows the nomad in you to go from place to place to place. As long as where you're going, you are able to move. You pay $200 a year as a fee to be able to move uh, and go somewhere else. So it's three days if you move to another of their places. It's 30 days if they don't have a property where you want to move. So there's no multi-month termination fee. There's no, you have to pay the rest of your lease. 
Nothing like that. So this is a very, very different idea. Right now, it's in parts of Texas, Massachusetts, Illinois, California, New York, Washington, D.C., Alabama. Did I mention Tennessee? Um, And their plan is by the end of this year to be in most of the nation's major cities is a way for you to have the flexibility to live your life how you want. But I was thinking something else. This is all about people in their 20s and 30s. But what about somebody who has retired either early as part of the FIRE movement or someone who is a normal age retiree and you want to travel the country? By being able to be part of this, if the rents are affordable, you guys see that, you could go place to place to place and you get somewhere and you live there for a while and you're like, yeah, this really isn't me. You get up and you go somewhere else. If it is really you, you just keep living there. So you have ultimate flexibility where you live. In a lot of these cases, the units come furnished, so you don't even have to worry about packing up anything other than your clothes and you just go on. We'll see if it has any legs as a business. Gary's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Gary. Hey, Clark. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you. How can I be of service to you, Gary? Well, um, my son just graduated college, and he is going into the Peace Corps. And he's going to be gone away for about 27 months. And I was hoping to know if you had any advice on dealing with his school debt of about $20,000. And then uh, what your thoughts on getting a power of attorney is for him? And if so, do you have any advice on what the steps are for that? Okay, so first of all, on the student loans, there are briefings from the Peace Corps about what you can do about the student loans. So uh, any federal loans, Peace Corps service, and by the way, where is he going to be serving? Uh, they, uh, at this point, it's Vanuatu in the South Pacific. I never knew that's how you pronounce the country. Really, Vanuatu is how you actually say it? That's correct. Yeah. I have mispronounced that my whole life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it took us by surprise as well. <laughs> okay, that's something. So uh, you can you can defer those loans and they stay deferred for up to six months after time in the Peace Corps is ended. So does that, does that go against the um, the debt relief or um, what is it that the yeah the student loan forgiveness yeah. so yeah, sir, correct I don't know you may be eligible trying to think if that would be eligible for the public service loan forgiveness. Uh, Yes, it does qualify, thanks to producer Kim. Thank you. That was quick, Kim. My goodness. So it does qualify as part of the student loan forgiveness program. And so there's a briefing on the Peace Corps website about how Peace Corps volunteers deal with their student loans. And 
private loans, the the banks that do the private loans don't do anything for you generally. It's only right, federal right. loans that you have special provisions for Peace Corps volunteers. Okay. Okay. So Okay. That's really neat. What kind of work will he end up doing? And okay, I, I can't even say it right. Vana Natu? <laughs> Vana Watu, yeah. Vana Watu. Oh man. So <laughs> Well, right now he is and will be in charge of or doing projects related to sanitation and water uh purification. Oh, did he, so, did he study engineering in college, or is he going to have to learn on the job? It's going to be, have to learn on the job. Wow. Yeah, it'll, yeah. but he's pretty smart, so I don't, I have every, every faith in him. I'm well, not you, worried about it. You've got to be so proud of him. Very proud. Very proud. I have two boys, and I'm very proud of both of them. So, so are you yeah. going to do something like go on a trip to Australia, New Zealand, and have him come pop over to visit you? Well, we're going to try and get that in. It's a little, the uh, the flights over there are a little daunting, and the price tag is not too cheap either. So, we're Well, actually, we actually from the West Coast, often you can do an Australia-New Zealand trip for about 800 round trip. Oh, okay. So, see, okay. suddenly it became affordable, didn't it? <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Crystal's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Clark. I'm so honored. What do they say? First time or long time listener, first time caller. Well, wonderful to have you here. Yes. So I am calling about trip insurance specifically for the coronavirus. Um, I've bought trip insurance previously for various trips, um, and I've never purchased anything trip insurance specific for any reason, cancellation. It's always been for hurricane risk and things like that. So I'm traveling on a cruise in March to the Caribbean. And then I also just booked a trip to Hawaii in May. And so I am very unaware of how the works with this virus and maybe the travel industry is not unsure how to react to it too but i know you're a travel expert so i was wanting to know your opinion so the travel industry is absolutely scratching its head trying to figure out what to do and the cruise lines are terrified about what this is doing to their business the stocks of carnival ncl and royal caribbean which the three of them combined i think account for 70 75 percent of cruise cabins in the world with all their brands they have seen their stocks just go straight down like a rock. And uh, generally, if you have any illness at all, what I've been seeing in communications from the cruise lines, they're just going to say, go have a nice life. Here's your money back. They're not even going to let you on the ship if you have any kind of sniffles. Okay. I'm traveling with my son that's, you know, 17, he's under, under 18. I mean, if, if that were to happen to me, are, are you saying for me or if other people? Anybody it, in your group, if anybody okay. uh, exhibits any signs of illness at the port, then they will turn you away. They'll take your temperature. But based on what I read in a communication, I got two, I'm going actually going on a cruise, and I got two different communications royal caribbean 48 hours apart and the second one was even more strident than the first one about uh i got the sense from the second one 
that if somebody's not feeling well, you just call them before you even leave oh. home and say, I'm sick. Do you want me to come? <laughs> and they'll apparently tell you, no, where do we send your refund? Okay. So okay. Um, if you're well, they're not going to give you your money back. Okay. Um, is that worse? If that does occur, get a doctor. They know, may. If, or... if, if you say you're sick and they tell you not to come, but send a doctor's note like you're at school and they say, well, you've been out three days. We need to see a doctor's <laughs> note. I guess people will have to do that. You know, normally okay. with a cruise, um, unless you buy trip insurance, it doesn't matter why you don't show up, you lose your money. But sure. this is an unusual circumstance, an unusual case. And no cruise line wants to be like Carnival that's had two ships that have ended up with people with illness and uh, one the Diamond Princess and the other one of the Holland America ships. And so they want to prevent that kind of negative publicity. They want to prevent a problem before it starts. Okay, so even when you're on the trip, I mean, there's... I guess you're well, you there. Don't want, you don't want to get sick on the cruise because if you no, do, but, they're going to quarantine sure. you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just, I for, think I, about those people that were on that uh, princess cruise who were in interior cabins with no window. They were locked up in there, uh, what, 23 and a half hours a day or whatever. Can you imagine? Yes. No, I can't. 112 square feet. Right. <laughs> So on the flip side of that, I know how you are in taking advantage of travel deals. Would this be a good time to get a, a cruise booked? Uh, absolutely, yes. The deals that okay. the cruise lines are emailing out are uh, unusually good. One of the cruise lines sent something yesterday saying it was their best deals in 10 years that were wow. available for booking because you know a cruise vacation is 100% optional. Nobody has to go on a cruise. So it means that when people are going on a cruise, they're trying to escape life. And so their bookings are just decimated. They won't, they're, they are not disclosing how much cruise bookings are down, but you can just tell from the communications that they really are begging for people to book. And then buy with it when you book the cruise insurance unless you cancel for any reason, which okay. is more okay. expensive insurance. But it gives you the ability to say, you know what? This isn't my day to go on a trip. The data breaches just keep on coming. Now there's new data about a massive data breach that hit MGM resorts. And roughly 11 million people had their personal information compromised at any of the MGM properties around the country. Now, what did the criminals get? Well... Email addresses, phone numbers, physical addresses, among other things, potentially. But it does not say credit card numbers. So the information is what is referred to usually in the data protection industry as phone book information. But these data breaches come one after another after another. Marriott had the ginormous data breach, I guess that was a year and a half ago that Marriott got hit so badly, and the number of people whose data has been exposed through hotel chains 
potentially as much as half a billion people around the world is one guess in the data protection industry. So know that this is going on and on, and it brings up something that's come up before, and that is you should consider having specialized email addresses that you do not compromise your main personal email address because that's one of the things that criminals will want to try to get at the heart of your life and your data. So having a commercial email address for commercial activity is one suggestion I can give you in the never-ending saga of data breaches. Wonderful to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Our website's clark.com and clarkdeals.com. And over the many years of price inflation and prescription drugs, I've discussed strategies, given you ideas, how to save money on those prescription drugs. And the core to it is to be proactive. That when you have something ailing you, before a doctor, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant writes a script, that you check to see what that's going to cost. There are a number of ways of doing so. And if it's a medicine at a price you know you can't fill, then you're able to offer them an alternative. In the old days, the old days, I used to talk about getting price lists that they handed out at major pharmacies of what different medicines cost. Today, it's all automated. People who have some kind of prescription drug plan can real-time see what that medicine would cost in your prescription drug plan. But many times, you can use one of these discount card programs, not claim against your prescription drug coverage, and spend less money. The biggest of them all is GoodRx, but recently at Clark.com, we put five major prescription drug card programs to the test to see what was cheapest and what was the most versatile. And so we tested Single Care, GoodRx, Blink Health, Rx Saver, WellRx. So we tested these five on a variety of very popular meds, popular, <laughs> heavily prescribed meds, and compared them across the programs to see who generally would be cheapest. And the one that in the 15 commonly written scripts that we tested, Rx Saver was the cheapest and it's not going to be the cheapest every time what i really learned from our survey data and i thank theo of clark.com for doing the hard work of checking all these meds so it was 75 inquiries he did to check these to see across the matrix what was cheapest and consistently rx saver was the cheapest but that doesn't mean it will always be next in line was the one you've heard me talk about over the years good rx 
But what we really discovered was that using two of these was probably the best thing to do. That if you used two of them, you were going to be able to compare one to another. And in my case, I do have prescription drug coverage. I go on my phone on the app for the prescription drug plan, insurance plan I have. I see what the med costs there, and then I check otherwise. What's been really surprising is how often the prescription drugs are cheaper not using the prescription drug plan that I have available to me. The stuff behind the curtain about how that happens with revenue sharing, as it's called, going on in the prescription drug business. Um, you know, who knows? We, You and I don't have to worry about why it's happening behind the curtain. You just got to know that there's great inconsistency. But the big advantage up front, if a doctor or NP or PA writes a script that you check and you see it's going to be $1,400 or something, I mean, some of these prescriptions or amazingly high and generally in medical practices they they talk to the pharmaceutical sales reps they explain why this drug or that drug or the other is just the greatest thing ever and people who are medical professionals busy as they could be they don't have the ability to know how expensive something is going to be that's up to you and me to, and maybe the one the rep came in to talk about is the greatest ever but if you're not going to be able to fill that script, third of all prescriptions abandoned at the pharmacy counter because of cost, if you're not going to be able to fill it, then it doesn't matter that that one is 5% better or 10% better than one that'll cost you $4 instead of $1,400. Bruce is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bruce. Hey, Howard. How uh, are you? Clark, I, I, Oh, good, I answered good. anything. Uh, Call me, hey, you, whatever. <laughs> All right, Clark. I, I, I kind of fell asleep here. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to be That's so okay. boring. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here. I, I just got a quick question for you. It, it seems like every time I turn around uh, in my inbox, I've got something that's that, uh, from Credit Karma Savings. Uh, they want me to join and, you know, put my money in there and watch it grow. Can you... Can you enlighten me anything? Uh, do you know anything about the credit card savings accounts? Yeah, it's um, it's like all these other savings accounts that have popped up. They are FDIC insured, and theirs is paying like one point uh, upper, like one point eight something like that right now. It moves around like almost every day with these right. online savings accounts, and all the online savings accounts are pretty much equal in my eyes as far uh -huh. as having one of them because the only thing you need to know is it is it FDIC insured and right. if it is you're fine and then whoever's paying the highest rate and okay. so if credit karma is paying the highest on its savings then go with it but if somebody else is paying more you go with them now credit karma did something very clever that is geared towards people who have massive amounts of money and so they're trying to attract deposits from people who have like zillions of bucks so they did an arrangement 
where your money is put in different FDIC-insured institutions so that they can give you FDIC insurance for up to $5 bucks. Okay. So that's yeah. their special wrinkle. You know, most any of the other online banks, you're going to be capped at a quarter million. So yeah. if, uh, are you one of those people, Bruce, who's got the millions laying around that, that five no, million? That w- <laughs> no, that wouldn't be me, Clark. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, yesterday, uh, after you know throwing this around for about a month, I ended up putting $300 in an account. Okay. Because I, I just wanted to see how it would work. And, uh, of course, it isn't in my account yet. And then I, I was talking to my wife, and it's like, you know, I'm going to call Clark and ask him if he knows anything about it, because maybe I just lost my $300. No, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there could be a clerical issue, but no, nobody's stealing your money. Right, okay. I Because I may just get into it, and I may just, uh, you know, get on the frequent program where I can just put some money in there all the time. And that's I just it's, fine. It's a plus for me, because I don't have to get in there and, you know, of course, I've got a couple other bank accounts, but this one here, I, I just something I'm just playing with on my phone, basically, to see how it works. Yeah, so, I mean, take a stab at it. You know, I remember when we had really high inflation in the United States, and we were looking for savings accounts that would pay 17 to 20% interest. Yeah. And now we're excited when something pays 2% interest. But yeah. that's the world we're in now. It's better not to have all that massive inflation. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So well, feel feel so not, safe yeah. putting I'm your not, money in. I'm not to worry about it. I'm not to worry about it. Then, as long as it's FDIC insured, I'm good to go. Huh? Exactly. And there has not been any incident that I'm aware of with any fake online banks. Just as I say that, somebody else say, "Oh, I, that's a great idea. I'm going to start a fake online bank." But I haven't seen anything like that happen. And if you want to find a list of uh, online banks there's one that Bankrate does every day and first they show you the people who pay them for listing and then you move past it you can see all the ones paying good rates of interest right now mark is with us on the clark howard show hi mark hey clark thanks for taking my call i appreciate what you guys do there at king clark for all of us out here trying to figure this stuff out thank you what's going my on my question my question today comes with a, a recent article that I had seen relative, uh, long story short, is the gentleman had his email kind of fished out. And those who were monitoring his email basically kind of intercepted wire transfer information, ACH information, and he had traveled over to Asia. And they stole $450,000 yeah. from him, is that right? Yes, four hundred. So you're you're right on target. Yeah, and and he spent like three hundred thousand. We all know what happens after that money is transferred. You really don't have any recourse to get it back. So I guess my question would be, is there any way we can protect ourselves? I mean, two factor authentication and and all of that. I I realize, but is there any products out there? You know, besides you know having to pay the monthly thirty five forty bucks on some of these for you know, the million dollar protection in case your money gets stolen, because it seems like this guy is out of it and there's not a lot of recourse that he can do, Clark. All right. So the weak link in his circumstance and every one of these that have been big money have been where people in a company trying to please the boss because he was the CEO and he was on the road and they knew when he was on the road and they sent these fake instructions 
to his uh, assistant to wire this money is that every company has got to set up procedures where no wire instructions are given internally by email or internal messaging. That Mm -hmm. even if somebody sends an initial request, that it has to be standard operating procedure in every company that it's followed up with a verbal communication to verify right. if that one step had been followed, that guy's not out $450,000. Now, a, 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 another question is a follow-up. If on the consumer side, I have heard that these intercepts have also occurred with mortgages where someone has said, you know, they, they're, they're emailed information to wire this at a closing and that. And so it's kind of hit on the consumer side. And I, I worry as we're going forward, you know, what protections out there are there for us consumers, you know, that wonderful you know, like question. Our online, okay. So let's, like our let's online savings accounts and sure. the ACH transfers that I make, you know, monthly for our little savings accounts for right. vacations and stuff. So you far, know, the those, ACH those system has not been tapped that way, uh, uh, automated clearinghouse. So mm-hmm. w- let's go back to the wire transfers and the real estate. That's where consumers have been hurt the most. And these real estate closings have failed all over the country because what will happen is the crooks take over the email of the real estate agents, escrow agent, closing attorney, whatever, some of the key parties involved in a real estate transaction. And just Mm -hmm. as I talked about with internal in a company, all wiring instructions should be confirmed by voice. The same needs to be true today with real estate transactions. Because it's so easy for the criminals to hack into email of just about anybody and you need to be prepared for that possibility and that's why this is a case where you no longer trust electronics you have to trust people you know in your organization they're they're getting so brazen and sophisticated on this stuff and you just sit there and wonder okay what's going to be the next thing that they're going to jump into and you know that's why i was asking that there really is no products that i've seen anywhere that can protect you unless you're going to spend, you know, 30 or $40 a month for somebody's premium yeah, service. Yeah, there really, there really is nothing um, yet other than the human steps that I was talking about. But right, here's the right. thing. The criminals are smart. They morph. They come up with new ways to do things. The good thing from a consumer perspective is the protections that we have. If your account is looted and it's a bank account, credit union account, something like that, your money is protected under federal law. The institution right. has to make you whole. Not true for businesses, but um, gotcha. in the event of a brokerage, it depends on the brokerage. Like Charles Schwab has an explicit protection for customers mm-hmm. against fraud activity. Other brokers, not required by law, other brokers don't do that. So you want to know if you have money in a brokerage account are you protected explicitly by them? If you're not, you need to know there's a risk to you doing business with that broker. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com ask, and you can end up talking with me directly, or you can talk with a member of our team, or 
Producer Joel asks your question. All right, Clark, Tim has a question. He says, for the past several years, I've looked forward to your CES coverage in January. Now I'm only able to listen to the podcast, not the radio show these days, but but I haven't seen anything about your coverage of CES this year. What happened? So for the first time in, I guess, 11 years, I didn't go to CES. And I didn't go because I had this feeling the last couple of years that too much of the introduction of products was incremental i didn't feel like i added a lot to the discussion last year at ces so i decided to try an experiment of going alternating years every other year and i'm going to see if it makes it much fresher content for you on the show and the podcast and maybe i blew it by not going this year but i felt like it was a worthwhile experiment all right andrew wrote in this is an interesting one he says i keep getting a phone call saying that my social security number is associated with a vehicle that had 16 kilos oh, of cocaine not that in it. one not that one yeah they want his bank account information and address is that normal Red alert. Red alert. That's your money blowing to smithereens if you believe that con game. That is a scam. It is one that has had different flavors to it where you're told that you're on the cusp of being in a lot of trouble with the law and they concoct whatever scheme. It is completely a lie. All right, Steve says, I always do my income taxes on paper before using an online program. Using the tax tables, I figured I'd get back about two grand. An online tax service had the same taxable income, but they say I'm due to get back three grand. And then I tried another one that says I'm due back four grand. Who do I trust? (laughs) Oh, man. The more complicated somebody's tax situation is, the more it's like throwing darts blind at a dartboard. Because the tax code is so unbelievably complicated. It is your job to do your taxes in good faith. Uh, most people would say, Clark, tell them to do the one that gives the $4,000 refund. Uh, I'll let you make that call for yourself. But if you look over and it looks right, then in good faith, file that return. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.